Hey, B. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find? Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry. And we've been a lot of places. We've had a lot of coffee. But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from. Yeah. Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because mm. it is amazing. It takes all the bitterness out. All the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door. You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So there is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it. And it is the best coffee that we have ever had. So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Hacienda Real. Keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies. Thanks. I've been doing my deads. <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them. It's what's on them. But yeah, I got on my smart ass undies. They're not just super comfy. They've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low impact materials. So we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time. Motivate your ass with smart ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the things we love page on our website. And remember to enter the discount code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. Smartass undies. Cheeky and comfy. And this is Cheating on Fear. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Oh, man. Happy summer. Happy summer. It is, yeah, it is now officially summer. Ugh. As we record this and as you hear this. Now, I don't want the brave ones out there to think that we are absolutely tone deaf. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was a rough day yesterday. <laughs> we had the idea to, do, to talk about Maverick a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And yesterday... The Supreme Court decision came down overturning. Surprise, surprise. The leaked decision ended up being the actual decision. Yeah. Get plot twist. Mm -hmm. But not. I'm (laughs) maybe maybe we'll have an episode to talk about these kinds of things at a later date. As of right now, I feel like an episode or anything I would have to say about this would just consist of noises, (laughs) painful Painful, incredulous, horrifying, uh, 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 Mm. that's pretty much what's been going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, unsurprising, but far more distressing than I I think even imagined that I would be, like, to, to watch it unfold is just, and Clarence Thomas wasting absolutely no time. Mm -hmm. Reading the room and going, I know you guys are upset about this. But you know what else we should talk about? Marriage equality. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I, I just, I, there's just so much right now. It's, 
it's overwhelming. It's mm-hmm. overwhelming. And the sadness that I, I feel for all this, I'm going to set aside for a moment so that we can talk about this other topic. But I just, I didn't want anybody to think that we're like, like, do these idiots from Canada not know what the fuck is going on in our country right now? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We're aware. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're aware. We're aware. The fumes waft north and... uh I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what to say. That's the thing. I, I wish we could talk about this, but I, I cannot. I'm not capable of any sort of coherence. Well, I think right now, I think let's sit with it for a bit. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen in response to that decision mm-hmm. in the US. Mm-hmm. And there might be a narrative for us to unpack at a later date. I mean, Margaret Atwood, the author of Handmaid's Tale is Canadian mm-hmm. and it's one of our national literary treasures. Yes. And they've I mean, obviously they've gone and talked to her. Seriously, she she thought she was writing a work of fiction, not a how to manual. Yeah, she was like, Wow, I mean I made this up and then, you know, leave it to the Supreme Court to make it a reality. Yeah. Uh congratulations you like it just, what the fuck uh, yeah and it's not funny it's just uh, you know so well you'll have to keep from crying that that's it that's it yeah. yeah so i don't know maybe 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 another reason to start looking at i mean canada's beautiful we have lots of room tons of space it, i mean it gets cold up here sometimes but you know we have healthcare and stuff so i don't know universal healthcare. yeah <sighs> anyway but this is not what we're here to talk about we are going to talk about Top Gun Maverick. Yes. So did you have a particular way that you wanted to <laughs> tackle... Have you met me? This blockbuster. Have we met before? I know. I woke up from my nap and there were pages and pages strewn all over the place <laughs> of notes. That was a big fat nap you had. It yeah. was a noisy one. <laughs> was it? Oh, yeah. My apologies. <laughs> that's why That's why I felt quite comfortable just, you know, doing my thing because nothing was going to disturb you. I can tell you that. So just a couple of general notes on the film itself, because a lot of our listeners are younger than we are. We were, I was a teenager. I was not. You were almost a teenager when this film came out, the original film came out in 1986. And a lot's changed since then. However, if you are so inclined and you want to go out and see this film, it is a really good standalone film. Yes. You don't, you do not have to have seen... The original Top Gun. You to really enjoy don't. this. I mean, you will enjoy it more, but yeah, you, but you don't need to. You'll pick up on certain Easter eggs mm-hmm. and things like that. I just want to say, <laughs> it's a universally palatable film. Mm-hmm. I think it, mm-hmm. it's been a while since we've had like a real summer blockbuster type film. Yeah, like and even pre-pandemic, it's been a while since we've it, had like a proper blockbuster. Yeah, like you're thinking like Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Maybe like uh, Avengers Infinity War. Maybe that was kind of the last big, big blockbuster. It's depressing as fuck, though. Well, yeah, but it made I mean, billions of dollars. Yeah, I know, but everyone was sad at the end. Like, well, you, yeah. you know, nobody... nobody or Endgame or nobody something Nobody wants like that. to be sad at the end. Oh, was it Endgame? Was that the one that was where everybody turns into Ash? I think Infinity War. Anyway, it was one of the Marvel Avengers I don't know. Movies, I, just, yeah. I just know I was sad at the end and, and troubled. When, when they all became Ash, yeah. But these, these summer blockbusters of yore... Mm. You end up, everybody's happy at the end. That's that's how it works. It's projected to reach globally, box office gross of $1 billion. Putting my little finger up yeah. to my... <laughs> Dr. Evil style? Yeah, a billion dollars Yeah, because I think revenue. it's already crossed 900 some odd million, right? Like it's gonna... Well, it just crossed 500 million domestically. Right. Yeah. 
So they're predicting that it's going to hit a billion globally by the by the end of the weekend. Yeah, so which is insane. Insane. By any metric of movie box office, adjusted for inflation, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, whatever, it is a unmitigated success. It cost 170 million to make. But you know what? That seems actually cheap. No, honestly, when I you, mean, you know why? Because of the price of gas right now. Well, That's why it seems. Can cheap. you imagine what jet fuel must cost? Oh yeah, I mean, but but if you take the fact that Tom Cruise is probably making at least twenty million, right? Your the rest of your salaries are going to add another ten or twenty million dollars to if it. He's a smart dude. He probably oh, he has, has on the back shares. End. Yeah, yeah, like, he has growth. He has back end on the growth. I mean, for he, sure. there's no way that he has. There's a cap on his. No, no, no. On he, his salary for this movie but just just like 170 million that's what did that buy like a handful of the jets that are actually in the movie i know they're they're not like they're not buying them they're they're military property but given the scale and the scope of what it took to film this to do that on that budget seems remarkable i mean yeah i have no idea how much it costs to do shit i have no idea but all i'm looking at is the roi Mm. and it's like wow five x like people, people made a hey, people made a lot of fucking money on this movie. But th- and this is great because because it is such a you go to the theater to see this movie. It's mm-hmm. not just it's not just the production company that's making it, but all those movie theaters that have been struggling to get right. by are yeah. now going to get this cash infusion. Right? And apparently, Tom Cruise was adamant that it was to be released in theaters, and that's why it took so long. Yeah, because he was like, "No, I'm not streaming it. It's not happening. This is going to the theater." Look, it'll it'll Full be stop. great on my. A little home theater yeah, at home. it will. But I'm super, super, super glad we went to see it in a movie theater. Talk to me about the technology in this movie. So in the first movie, they used a mix of actual footage and model footage to do all the dogfighting stuff. Okay. There was no green screen stuff back in the 80s. What about when they were in the cockpit? Like, what was that? Was that just sort of like when people are driving in a car and there's like background yeah, running? Yeah, there was, it, was it was a mix of that. It was a mix of actual, you know, they did have a few bits where people were actually flying around. But a lot of the like conversation scenes when they're, you know, when Maverick and, and, and Goose are talking to each other, that wasn't in an actual like plane flying around, right? Right, right. But in this one, one of the, and this is the kind of big hook, I think, that draws a lot of people in mm. is... They are actually in those planes. Mm-hmm. They're not actually flying them. They've very no. cleverly hidden the pilots that are flying these through a variety of different techniques. But when you see them pulling into like a climb or something like that, and you see the reaction on their face, and you see their face sag as they're like accelerating up and doing well, they that, were the G forces eight eight Gs. Mm-hmm which is about 1,600 pounds of force on your body. And I remember watching a bit in the movie and you can hear Tom Ugh. Cruise going, going like, <gasps> and he's like gasping like that. And that's the technique to keep from passing out oh, under those under okay. those G-forces, right? Wow. And they did an extensive, like three months of pilot training, getting yeah. used to being, and you can find online kind of back behind the scenes footage of of them almost vomiting in the planes and doing all this as, <laughs> as, as the main Gross. actors do all this yeah it's it it's one of these movies where you know they talk about like this director is a real artiste you know he's very fine details of his craft this is one of those movies where they took that level of like anal retentive attention to detail <laughs> and and magnified it 
Which I think you really appreciate. I do appreciate it because because the quality of the finished product reflects all of that that went into it to make it like that. And it made all of the flying scenes really, really exciting yeah. for me. I mean, the opening of it, you know, it was it was so funny because we talked about like being back in the movie theater mm-hmm. and what that was like. This and was your first movie that you have seen yeah, since the pandemic. That's right. Since the last Star Wars movie. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Since the rise of Skywalker. And the opening scene is that giant aircraft carrier Mm -hmm. in the middle of some ocean. Mm -hmm. Kenny Loggins classic fires up and it's all takeoffs and landings. And it. But they even started with that. Bum, bum, yeah, and then it and then it transitions into danger into danger zone, zone. Exactly, and you're just like exactly like the opening minutes of the original talk. And you're like, and I'm a girl again. Yeah, like it, it's 1986 again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like even though I'm not in a in a very like America, fuck <laughs> yeah, I'm not in that kind of a mood <laughs> because you know. The call's coming from inside the house in America right now. Yeah. It was just, it, it's thrilling, like from the opening mm-hmm. scene and the technology that they use to do that. It just, it's a callback to the 1986 movie, mm-hmm. but everything is just so well refined at this point where you're just like, wow. And the like, thing is, is we have the technology to do that entire movie in special effects. They right, could have like done with that. CGI with and all CGI, that stuff. They yeah, could have yeah, anim- yeah. They could have, they could have animated the, the dogfight scenes. They could have mm-hmm. done all of that. And honestly, at a far less cost than mm-hmm. what it actually would have done to do that for real. But I, you would have lost something. It would not have been, it would not have been the same. Even the movements of watching Maverick and other pilots taking off from the carrier. Right. And you can see certain jostles and movements that yeah. only come from a real takeoff yeah like the moment the wheels leave the deck of the aircraft carrier they're just like jerk as his head goes forward yeah like and the feeling of that i think you and i've talked quite a bit about how we feel about uncanny valley Mm -hmm. and we get very for those of you that don't know what the uncanny valley is the uncanny valley is is this kind of philosophical conundrum that you can make something realistic enough to replicate the look of humans and there's a point where it gets so real, so real, so real, it crosses that uncanny valley and then all of a sudden it becomes creepy. And case in point is the Tom Hanks Christmas train movie. What's... Polar Express. Polar Express. Or the Final Fantasy movie where the animation is so realistic, the human the human animation is so realistic, it looks wrong in some way because it is, it is just so, so close to actuality. Mm-hmm. And we've been so jaded by CGI and the the grand theft autofication mm-hmm. of our entertainment that this this movie and the realism of it hits so hard. Mm-hmm. And really the sound like you get the feel of like, oh wow, that's that's fucking crazy shit. Now, <laughs> speaking of Uncanny Valley. They do de-age Tom Cruise in this movie. He has it in his contract, and this goes back even to the last Mission Impossible movie, where they are contractually obliged to make him appear no older than 50 years old in any movie that he appears in. Which is kind of interesting, right? I want to revisit that because the conservative right and sort of, and the alpha males are claiming this movie... As a victory. The, as a victory. Sure. Of winning the culture war. Right. And 
that's going to kind of be the crux of how we pull this movie apart. Okay. Because, you know, it's been toted as like a patriotic, anti-woke display of militarism and masculinity. Right. And I'm not sure if a man de-aging himself on film... Is super masculine. Is, is super alpha male. I mean, Ed Harris looks old as fuck in this movie. Dude, he looks like... I can't remember which Star Wars movie it is. You know the little, the little like naked mole rat pilot yeah. thing that they go to visit. Fuck, I can't that's remember that. That's in Empire when he's the co-pilot for with Lando Calrissian when they have the Millennium no, Falcon. No, that's not what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, are not talking about that one. No, what, one of the the new 3. Oh, one of the new ones. It's like it's a it's a female character. Oh, Maz Maz uh, uh whatever. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. You think he looks like that? Yeah. <laughs> I Maz Kanata? Is that is that her name? I don't know, but yeah. I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time yeah Maz Kanata that's immediately oh, what shit. I I'm looking at the picture <laughs> Is, like, yes, isn't it, it the same it does look <laughs> yes that's exactly <laughs> that's fucking Ed Harris that's what I thought of I was like oh my god but like an apple doll <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, Lupita Nyong'o. That's who voiced it. Oh, is that who it was? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what I thought. Of. <laughs> Ed Harris. So Ed Harris doesn't have that in his in his contract. No, he looks clearly, old as clearly fuck. not. Yeah. However, I will say, I will say, Tom is in fantastic shape. Yes. Fantastic shape. Yeah, he's keeping his he, body in. He in, really does. He really does does justice to the crisp white. T-shirt, t-shirt, which I think I said to you yesterday, like, Jeez, you know what? You should get you some should of those. You should totally get a, a crisp white V-neck <laughs> and wear it with oh, some you jeans. you can't just have one. <laughs> and there's a lot of him, like, with his arms over his head, mm-hmm. working on planes, mm-hmm. which, you know, <laughs> they never talk about his mechanic skills in any other any other place in the film. But for some reason, he's always got his arms over his head working on a plane. Yeah. It helps uh, the illusion of how tall he is. Yes, we watched a <laughs> we watched an honest trailer about the original movie, <laughs> and he's what five seven. That's what they said in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, and so it's just then they just show a montage of all the ways they try to close the gap in height between him and his co-stars. People sitting down, people lying down, people, people walking leaning. miles behind him in the hallway, people leaning. Him standing on a milk crate. Yeah. <laughs> He's alone a lot. in the, Like, he stands alone a lot in this movie. You don't see him next to people yes. very often. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> kind of interesting. Now... In this movie, just like in the other movie, the enemy is nonspecific. And there have been reasons given yeah. by conservative pundits yep. and also Russell Brand, mm-hmm. who, like, don't even get me started. Well, but- ben Sh- we watched Ben Shapiro's review and Russell Brand's review yeah. on it, and, and which were surprisingly positive. They both had the same reasons given for why the enemy in both films, and especially this film, is nonspecific. Yeah. So can you speak to, like why they thought the enemy was unnamed and unspecific. They said that this is wokeism and political correctness infiltrating this movie where it doesn't belong. And that it's not named because they don't want to offend anyone. (laughs) And I think the reality of the situation is, is by not naming who the enemy is, the audience fills that in on their own. 
Right. And it becomes the enemy du jour. Right. Of, of whoever is, is the political counterpoint to the United States at, at the time that you're watching the movie. Yeah, so that it doesn't seem so dated. And that's the other thing, too. Because shit changes in yeah. a nanosecond because when this here. movie when this movie was originally made a couple of years ago mm-hmm. pre-pandemic we didn't have it, you the 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 enemy the global superpower that would have been the most likely enemy to name would have been china right and then this movie comes out and russia invades ukraine right and the enemy the most likely enemy would be russia right if they had picked one or the other of those and it had been released at a different time it would have looked weird and ben shapiro actually names the enemy as iran yeah he said that i don't know it, where he iran. gets that from yeah i don't i don't i don't know what that but we were kind of like uh, they never i guess because it's a rogue nuclear nation that violated international treaties but and iran was... is, is notorious for that but so is north korea so but it, there's snow i feel like north korea is is a better it might be pick. yeah yeah but because of the mountains and all that and the snow and all that kind of stuff. But regardless, they didn't name it. And I think that that is not a sign of political correctness or wokeness or anything. I think that is just a way to try, like you say, to make it timeless. Right. right. Because when my kids are old enough and interested enough to watch the Top Gun movies, what's going to be the global superpower that's we're all scared of right, right. when they watch it. Yeah, we don't know. Fill in the blank. It'll fit in that, sure. in, that, in that context. Yeah, and so I think there were a lot of things about this movie, even though the conservative right has claimed it as a victory mm-hmm. for their side of the culture war. Yeah. I think there are a lot of things about this film, and maybe it went unnoticed by them because they're just looking at, yay, military, yay, yeah. America, yay, pilots and expensive planes and shit that they missed. So... There is a lot more cultural diversity in this yes. in this film. The pilots are there's more people of color. Mm-hmm. There was only one black guy in yeah, the and that Top was Gun. the one that Maverick yelled at yeah. after Goose died. Yeah, right. So when all the pilots start to show up at this bar, you see black pilots, mm-hmm. Latino pilots, mm-hmm. Asian, Asian, and female. Yep. Pilots. We'll talk about the women later. Okay. And then you also have... And nothing is mentioned about it. No, it's not... No, I mean, you know, I mean, they didn't mention it. And there's also people of color represented at the higher ranks yes. of no, the that, military as too. well. Yeah, at Top Gun. At Top Gun and at the other facility where Maverick is testing the... Where, he, where he's a test pilot. Right, trying to... Yeah. Trying to they're, they're working on a project and whatever. So I think... That is obviously a departure from the kind of old white dudes Mm -hmm. of the military brass. More diverse at all levels. At all levels. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen commentary on that? You know what? There's, there's, while I was doing some research for this, there's frighteningly little written about a lot of the things that you and I were going to talk about or the things that we noticed. And it's like, what is that about? Is everybody just like... Eh, you know what? Can we just leave it? It's delightful. Let's just leave it alone. I feel like I there's probably know. a little bit of that. Maybe. All these right-wing pundits are all just like, and now I'm a kid again, and I'm just watching yeah. this This nostalgia factor just takes over. Maybe. I Yeah, I, I just... And you're right. It's very subtle. It doesn't look... Forced. It doesn't look forced. It no. doesn't look like... It's like, well, we'll just put you know a black person in here, and we'll put mm-hmm. an Asian person in here. We haven't filled our quota yet, so let's, uh, let's yeah. just drop one in here. It represents 
more of what America looks like. Yep. Can we talk about Miles Teller, please? Ah, uh, yes. Rooster. Which I don't know why they didn't call him Gosling. Maybe it's just because it seems too babyish. But yeah, I was like, how are you just a different type of fowl? Well, and it's and pick one that can actually fly. Like you're a fucking fighter pilot. Why are you a notoriously <laughs> like flightless yeah, but bird? Ro- but roosters fuck. That's I guess why. that's right. Roosters are cocks. Yeah. Yeah. He, maybe. They're cocky. They're, I yeah. Mean, maybe that's now that maybe makes that's sense. The, the etymology to it. He is, you know, in in. In the the first scene that he's in, he looks exactly like his dad. Yeah, Hawaiian shirt, Hawaiian mustache. Shirt. Yeah, yeah, playing the piano, sunglasses, singing "Great Balls of Fire." Yeah, like, and it was so you're just like, oh man. But this guy, I'm sorry, like I I never had a crush on Anthony Edwards, never mm. ever ever. Mm. His neck was too long for me. <laughs> but this guy, I'm like. Oh, he's tasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, he really did. Did a really good job. He really did. And it was a nice hook to tie in and to create some emotional tension from the first movie. Because I think the description of this movie as a remake is a bad take because this isn't a remake. This is a continuation of this of the story of one of the characters in the context of like a Top Gun I think that's universe, just Russell right? Brand not understanding what a remake is versus, versus a, sequel. a sequel. Yeah. And but I don't even think it's a it's it's a sequel in the sense that yes, it happened after the first one, but I wouldn't say that this is necessarily a, a sequel to the original Top Gun. It has a little less to do with Top Gun the Academy. Yeah, and more of Maverick and and yeah. what it's like as as he gets into middle age and yeah. how he fits into the world. Yeah. I mean, he's not Nobody at the military is a fan of his. No, he's still a captain. He should be an admiral like Iceman is. Yeah, let's talk about Iceman. So he, he is Val Kilmer. He's supposed to train a bunch of pilots to run this mission that Super is like Super Impossible mission to fly. Of course. Yeah. Mission Impossible. Huh, that's funny. <laughs> okay. So talk to me about Iceman. So Iceman is basically that he's the admiral in charge of Top Gun. Yes. So uh, Ice Iceman was Maverick's kind of main rival in the original Top Gun movie. But they were friends at the end. But they became friends. And I remember as a kid watching... I feel like that was sexual tension in, oh the, in the first one. Are we going to talk about that yes, in this? Yes, okay, we are. Good. We're going right, to so, <laughs> so, talk about how gay these movies are. Right. So, you know, because it's it's Pride Weekend. It is Pride Weekend in Toronto. <laughs> so. <laughs> so Iceman... I remember watching the movie as a, the Top Gun as a kid and going, Iceman's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, what? why is he such a dick to Maverick? And then watching it again, we watched Top Gun not that long ago in advance of this mo- of going to see Maverick, and realizing, oh, fuck, Maverick is the asshole. Like, Iceman, yes. is, Iceman is the better pilot, the more considerate teammate. Yep. You know, the more predictable wingman kind of person and maverick is just fucking maverick like he's like you don't know what the fuck he's gonna do next or, well and and goose ends up dead and goose like, ends up dead as a result of that's of it. right yeah and so fast forward 30 odd years iceman is now admiral iceman admiral kaczynski or whatever yes. and he has a cameo in the movie they don't just have his picture on the wall he they you actually do see him <sighs> and they wrote it's it's a little tragic because if you remember val kilmer from the 80s mm-hmm. he was he was magnificent he was a this this amazing looking interesting good actor who who just chewed up all the screen time he was that he batman had. for god's sake yeah and he is a shell of his former self in this. Well, he 
And they he, tied in his personal issues in real life. Well, he into had throat his cancer character. in 2014, yes. and it's ravaged him. Yes, and so speaking is very difficult for him. They bring that into the movie in they terms do. of he's at a keyboard a lot, typing things, yeah. you know, and text messaging with with uh, much like in that in the Sex and the City reboot where Sam yes. texts Carrie all the time. Iceman does that in in this movie, and you're like, oh, I guess that's guess it. That we not saw his picture, and he's texting. But nope, they actually bring him in, and and that yeah, I think they kept that under under wraps. They did, they, they did. They, that was supposed. That was a surprise. Like, yes. and I think we were surprised. We were like, oh my god, like he's actually. And it was delightful to have that surprise, even though it was sad to see him as as he was. It was delightful to have the two of them share the screen again. And he still forces Maverick to take responsibility. Yes, he still forces because Maverick is like, I can't, I don't, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. Yep. Iceman is like, you have to. Like it's. Where are we going next? Well, I wanted to just continue on with the whole part about Iceman. Like, there's feelings everywhere in this movie. There's a lot of feelings in this. There's vulnerability in this. There's emotional intelligence in this. It's not just like brusque, gruff, uh, 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 put it down the memory hole, just get the job done. You know, like it's, there's a lot more emotional depth to not just Maverick's character, but a lot of the characters. in A the lot movie. of the characters. And I, I think that that's a departure also from the 86 original yes. is yeah. that there's a lot of posturing mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. male characters mm-hmm. and they're all kind of showing off for each other. And yeah. There's a lot of bravado and, yep. and machismo, and mm-hmm. you don't have that as much in this movie. There's a little bit of cockiness, but it's everybody. And it's because they're good at what they do, not because they're afraid of their own feelings. Well, and it's amazing when they're in the bar at the beginning when the team assembles, and they're all talking Assemble. They're all talking to each other, and, and Hangman, who is kind of like the Iceman equivalent in yes, this. Yes, yes, yes. Interesting Hangman, Iceman, right? Mm-hmm. And And they're like... He's the only one in the Navy, aside from Maverick, who's actually shot down an enemy plane. Right. And he's so cocky being one plane. And I can't imagine, I mean, it was never discussed in the, in the original 86 movie, but you wouldn't be out there being like, I've shot down a plane, so I'm fucking king of the world. Right. But in the modern Navy, that makes him a fucking superstar. Yeah, because everything's drones now. Because everything's drones and automated warfare. So to actually be in a dogfight and come Mm -hmm. out on top is a big fucking deal. Yeah. Just as an aside, just talking about the dogfighting a little bit, like those scenes are fantastic. But it is really satisfying. And maybe it's because I'm old now to watch Maverick go out there and kick everybody's ass. Oh, yeah. He schools them. Because they're so confident when they go out there and he's like, all right, he, he does like a push-up challenge. And it's like, if I get, if I get you, you got to do. Like Tom, like Tom Skerritt did in, in the oh, original Viper, one. Viper, Viper did, yeah. Viper, Viper killed everybody. Yeah, yeah. And Jester, Jester and was Jester, the other yeah. one. But Viper was like. Oh, you think you're good? All right. All right. Here you go. And it's like, oh, you know you're what? Dead. Oh, you're, you're, dead. Dead. You're, you're dead. You're dead. And you're like, you're dead. oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, and then the push-up challenge is great, and Rooster gets hammered because yep. it happens to him multiple times. Yeah, and he fucking does it. He yep. sits there, they're like, "Man, it's okay, you've done enough." He's like, "Nope," I'm gonna... and that's part of his simmering tension with with Maverick. But yeah, and it is nice to see. I didn't think I would ever agree with Ben Shapiro on anything, but it was nice to see a bunch of people that are like, "Yep, I fucking I shot my mouth off and I lost, so mm-hmm. now I got the consequences." And I'm going to do it and I'm going to shut the fuck up about it. Like, there's a... (laughs) 
Can we talk about Rooster for a minute? Yes. Or did you, do you have oh Rooster Oh my God, in can we please talk about okay. Rooster again? So I never in a million years would have thought that that little blonde boy that they sit on the piano... Mm. In that scene in Top Gun, where With where where Goose and Meg Ryan and Maverick and With Charlie the, their little foursome. have their little weird, you know, swinging started in the air, in in the Navy, right? Yes. So. <laughs> With the naval aviators and the You know, that would have been an interesting love interest before we get to that. Right. But never in a million years would I have thought that that little kid from that scene, who really that's the only time that you see that kid in any extent, would develop into this incredibly rich, like kudos to the writers to connect those two things together Mm -hmm. to why Maverick is, like why he doesn't like Maverick, what that tension is between him. Mm -hmm. Maverick taking on that burden and responsibility of looking after being the bad guy to keep Rooster safe so that the memory of his parents is not besmirched in any way. Like, he'll take on that negativity... Yes. So that the memory of them stays pristine in in Rooster's mind. Yeah. Like, very... Not what that I would have thought. That is very emotionally intelligent. Right? You, yeah, it and is. Even, and Maverick's like, I just... I, you know, I, his I mom said... I do that to his mother. No, his yeah. mom said, keep him safe. And I promised her. And I promised her that. Well, but tell him, does he know that? No, because then he would hate his mom. Yes. Yeah. Right? And I don't want that. I don't want that. Yeah. Really well done. Yeah. Really, really well done. <laughs> so feelings everywhere. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the women. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the women in this movie. So Phoenix. Phoenix is whom? The female fighter pilot that plays a very significant role in the final battle. Her name is Monica Barbaro. The actress's name? Yes. Okay. So not only is she a woman, mm-hmm. she is a woman of color. Mm-hmm. And she is. she gets chosen to be in this incredibly dangerous tactically yeah it it was a it was a mission where there are two planes that are required to fly the mission and each plane has two two pilots in it like a pilot and a navigator or whatever and there's an a team and a b team and she gets chosen for the a team okay on that first bombing run tell me about her she's this little woman Mm -hmm. doesn't take shit from anyone nope she fucking throws it right back at at hangman she's like oh and this is bagman he goes uh hangman she's like okay yeah whatever whatever yeah and it kind of reminded me of do you remember do you remember in Space Force where Jane Lynch is yeah. at the table of all the uh, Yeah, I can't remember leaders. if she's the Coast Guard, the Admiral of the Coast Guard or no, something. No, 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 because the Coast Guard is the that little oh, wimpy he's guy. The dick, yeah. He's she's navy or something. Yeah. And they refer to her gender. Yeah. And she's like, refer to my gender again and I will fuck you up the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix has that kind of energy. She has that kind of energy, but nobody but this is the thing, no one acknowledges her gender. She's no. just she's, she's just not Phoenix. she's not pretty good for a woman. Yeah. She is a top naval aviator. And she got chosen over Hangman. Right. He thought he was a lock yes. for the A team and I mean, there's a plot twist later. There's but, a plot twist. I mean, but, he needed to be in reserve for that but, but i think that i think that is and that wasn't tokenism it wasn't like oh we need to have a woman fly this message so that we're like culturally and, and genderly diverse maybe it was no it but wasn't that's not the she way she had performed they had they had laid it out in the movie that her performance was consistently the best and she gets bob the like the laziest call sign ever oh, as right. as her as her uh, navigator wingman oh, navigator. no navigator navigator and she doesn't go like, oh, fuck, you're, you're saddling me with this fucking weirdo. She's just like, all right, I guess we're, we're doing, doing this, this together. Yeah. Let's go, right? The other thing that I thought was really well done and what would have happened, I think, in other movies or movies in the past, there were no inappropriate relationships between her 
and the other pilots. Right. There were no there was no flirting between her and no. the other pilots, which reinforces the idea that she's just another pilot. Doesn't matter that she's a woman. And there was tons of flirting amongst the pilots in the original movie. And they were all men. And they were all men. <laughs> I like this foreshadowing thing you're doing. It's really good. It's really good. So the other woman in this movie is Jennifer Connelly, who plays Maverick's love interest. Yes. And people that hadn't seen the original movie would kind of miss this. You, you had to read about this to find out. You're like, who is this person? I didn't even really, I kind of vaguely had an idea who she figure- was, but I didn't clue in. I assume she had to have been in the original movie because of the way that they had done so much with everybody else up until that point mm-hmm. from the original, but I couldn't place her so in the original movie. She wasn't actually in the original movie. Well, that's they why. They just talked about her. Okay, so that's, that's why I was like... So I- in the original movie, when Maverick and Goose are getting... Dressed down. Yet another dressing down yeah. from their higher-ups, from an unauthorized buzzing of the tower. Yes. They also refer to a flyby of an admiral's daughter. Right. So that was who she was. That was the admiral's oh, daughter. Okay, okay. That, that he... Clever. Right? Yeah. And so if you saw the original, you're like, oh my God, that's the, that's the admiral's daughter that he nailed in the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> Because Goose asked, is it is it this one? And he was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Her name's Penny. Yep. And she, Jennifer Connelly has gotten impossibly more beautiful. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Over the years. Yeah, she just really gorgeous. Is. Gorgeous, gorgeous. She was in an 80s movie that people probably don't even remember called Career Opportunities. Do you career remember that? Career Opportunities? Yeah. I don't even, I don't know she's Career like, Opportunities. And there's a scene where she's riding. <laughs> uh-huh. No, 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 no. Remember those like those little rides that they had at grocery stores where yeah, you could put, you a, put quarter a quarter in? in yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a scene where she's riding one of these horses, oh, and you're okay. just kind of like, Ugh. "This is inappropriate." It, it, it was highly inappropriate, but anyway, she plays Maverick's love interest, and there's a few things I love about this, and one thing I'm kind of curious about. Number one, she's age appropriate. Yes, for him, he's in his fifties mm-hmm. or almost fifty in the movie. She's around the same, probably late 40s. Has a daughter. Has a daughter, which... Early teens, it looks like. Which obviously isn't Maverick's daughter. He's not worried about it being no, his daughter. No, no, yeah. no, no. There's no question of, of paternity, but she owns a bar. Yeah, in Fightertown, USA. Like, uh, yes. uh, the, the base bar, basically, it looks basically, like. Basically, yeah. yeah. She's calling the shots in that place. Like, she's, mm-hmm. not, she's not just working there. That's her place. She has a teenage daughter. They seem to have a very good relationship. Yep. They don't have that plot device of this contentious relationship. In fact, the daughter is very protective of her, especially when it comes to Maverick. So obviously, this is something that There's some, been... some past history there. Yeah. yeah. And she knows exactly who Maverick is and what their relationship is and what it isn't. I like their relationship. I like their relationship. It's very, it comes across very real. Yeah. They're, the love scene is still non-existent. But I chalk that up just to Tom Cruise being an amazing action star and uh, and completely unbelievable as a romantic lead. Ugh. I don't get that kind of chemistry from him I, with any of his co-stars. I have never, I have never had my thighs affected by a Tom Cruise love scene. I'm even thinking about Eyes Wide Shut with him and Nicole Kidman where it was a sex movie. Yes. And it still was just... Bleh. Squicked right yeah. the fuck out. Absolutely yeah. not. Can we talk about Kelly McGillis for a second? That's Charlie, right? Yes. So yeah. 
There were a lot of questions about why Charlie, played by Kelly McGillis, yep. was not included. Seems like an obvious one to bring back, given the role that she played in the first movie. Do you know why they didn't bring her back? I hope it's not for what I think it is. It's it's for what you think it is. Is it? Because she has not aged well and is not screen ready, shall we say, in a and polite way? And she was way? like, I'm too old and fat to play, yeah. to do this movie. And you're just like, I mean, it seemed like she wasn't interested in this movie. I didn't understand her as a casting choice in the original movie, to be honest. No, I didn't. I feel like Meg Ryan should have been should have been the lead. And then they but maybe she was too sweet. I think I was going to say I had flighty as as the the, yeah, just but not serious enough. Right. Right. To play. Not that she couldn't, but just I think her personality. Who do you think they could have? Who do you think they could have used? I mean, it's tough. It's Sharon Stone. Oh, as Charlie. Ooh, that would be good alternate. Yeah. Or or um, Kathleen Turner in 86. 86, Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Those would have been, I think, but maybe they needed somebody without a lot of star power to play that role. Maybe they were too expensive or who knows. And and maybe just, you know, all the love in the world to Kelly McGillis, but maybe just a little too sexy to play those roles. She was supposed to be taken seriously, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that didn't stop her from throwing away her career and sleeping with Maverick, right? (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I mean, I'll make an exception for you. Mm -hmm. No. No. I don't date my students, but I will fuck this one. Yes. Because you're so special, Maverick. Take my breath away. God, that's the cringiest shit ever. <laughs> so, yeah. So, something that I noticed, and I scoured the internet looking for some sort of explanation, and I even talked to you about this, and I I cannot find anything. Okay. And I don't know if people just didn't notice. Jennifer Connelly is an exceptionally beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. She's a great character. She's very strong. Mm-hmm. She is covered neck to ankle in the entire movie. Yeah, there is no... I think they were... She wears jeans and like crisp white button-down shirts. She doesn't even... You don't even see her arms in this movie. I think they're trying to portray that waspy, upper-middle-class, sailing, you know, elite kind of thing. She's an admiral's daughter. Right. She's a bar owner, so she's wealthy enough to to have that business and the, and the rights to be able to operate there in that kind of area. I feel like they're trying to portray a very specific demographic in her. I just thought it was really interesting. It was really interesting. I understand, like, not tarting her up mm-hmm. but there's not much made of anybody's of any woman's sexuality in nobody this movie. Sexu- no, none, no one's none sexuality except for miles teller yeah i had some feelings i had some i had some yeah. stirrings but that was that on one. purpose i don't know if that was an oversight or intentional on the part of the filmmakers to be like we're not going to sexualize women for the sake of screen candy but not even not even maverick's love interest like i felt like charlie was sexualized more yes than yeah. penny was and yeah like fucking maverick shows up he's like can i just take a shower at your place and she's like we're here to talk no. about fucking planes man like no. no stranger get out of my shower she knew she was gonna fuck i him, know, but I know. Whatever. Anyway. But this is the thing okay let's not confuse the two movies right. we already talked about that on netflix and cringe but <laughs> if you haven't listened to that one go back and listen to that one but i just thought that was really really interesting yeah. that there was no like scene where you go wow because she is she's wow mm-hmm. and i guess you know, I, I it it surprised me. Is it is it did they put Penny on a pedestal? 
I don't, it, it seems like that. It seems like they're just trying to, I don't know if that was a way to garner respect for her as a character where, you know, if it's a bunch of like alpha males watching this movie, it's like, see, that's what a it's wife a of a naval woman. aviator yeah. should be. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. But I Maybe. just thought that was, I just thought that was really, really interesting. And little to no love scene. I mean, it's implied that they have sex, mm-hmm. but- it's literally like her lying on his chest afterwards. Talking. Talking. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard some commentators be like, you know, this is an accurate depiction of what sex in your 50s is like. And I'm like. Excuse me? I know. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Excuse me? I'm not in my 50s. You heard that or you read that? I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, oh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. I, I'm, You're a little, I'm a little stunned right there. now. Yeah, yeah, and and I remember hearing that and going like, ah, I mean, the person who's saying it is in their fifties, so that might be their experience. But I'm like, and I'm not in my fifties, but not yet, not yet. But you know, but I am. I am with somebody who is in their fifties, and that's not my experience of sex <laughs> oh, with them, no. right? So, yeah. Uh, wow, is that what it is? Where, May- does it have to do with the age of the characters, and that like you just. You're not supposed to dress a certain way at a certain age. I don't age. know. Like, that's or, so weird. Or just, or just how things get interrupted when your teenager unexpectedly comes home when they're okay, not supposed well, that to was be. Just, okay. Well, that was just bad planning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even her daughter comes across as a strong female yeah. character. Yeah. And she's not minimized and like, all right, little girl, like this is grown up stuff. No. You'll know more when you're older. Yeah, it, no. She's they, not she treated knows, like that. No. Maverick treats her very respectfully. He seems afraid of her, actually. And a little bit afraid a of little her. Afraid yeah. of her. Yeah. Because she's like, you hurt her again, I'll kill you. Like yeah. It. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, the last thing I'd like to address mm. is how gay these movies are. And I mean that in the best way yeah in in the in the pride month kind of way yes yeah in the i appreciate that so much type of gay (laughs) those of you that hadn't seen the original top gun go watch it but we're going to but just for a minute we're going to talk about the famous or infamous volleyball scene right where all the guys are shirtless except for goose by the way Mm -hmm. goose has a tank top on they're all like all oiled up in either yep. shorts or jeans, shirtless, with their dog tags, playing volleyball on the beach. And <laughs> it's like, if you were a young man in 1986 and that scene spoke to you, like, you're gay. Good yeah. luck. Like, <laughs> you know, like, you're gay now. Like, that's just, there's no way around it. Or or how about when, when Goose is trying to get Maverick in that original movie to pick up Charlie in the bar? Yeah. You need to have carnal knowledge of a woman this time. And Maverick's like, oh, gosh, you know, implying like what? It wasn't there, a there woman? There was a lot of implied homosexuality. <laughs> a lot of implied. Like it was a big joke. Yeah. Right? Like, ta- uh-huh, like but ta- kind of real. Talking about hard-ons, yeah. you know, from watching plane footage. Don't and- tease me. <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> and so, of course, they have to have a throwback sure. in this movie. And so they're all playing football on the beach and maverick is the author of that mm-hmm. it's as a team building exercise yeah and it was like two footballs it was offense and defense at the same time so maverick's the daddy yeah was he a zaddy in that no he's a daddy he's the daddy, he's the daddy. yeah in that scene 
Because at one point, he kind of sits down and admires his handiwork. Yeah, while they're all rolling and, around. And, and, his, his, and a great song that, that played during that scene. That's charting right now. Yes. I Ain't Worried by One Republic. There we go. That's what it's called. So it's very bouncy. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's it's delicious. Mm-hmm. And it gives the same energy. It's yeah. that same. And, you know, it's funny because people talked about the original Top Gun as being homoerotic and mm-hmm. this these scenes as being homoerotic. I think it's more homoromantic. Yes. Than homoerotic. Because it doesn't, It yeah. They are bonded. Yeah, they are, it's, it's a bonding as opposed to... Like fucking each like other. Like a subtext like, or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, but it, it's kind of interesting that despite the strong female characters, most of the characters are men. Mm-hmm. And if you are a gay man, you will love, 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 love this movie. Mm-hmm. So if you're queer, if you're an ally, go out and see this movie. And, you know, the conservatives can get fucked on this yeah. one because I, I i really think that this is not an anti-woke piece no. of you know america fuck yeah this is a thoughtful fun entertaining evolved movie well and it can all it can be all of that and also a little bit of low-key propaganda for the American military. <laughs> I don't know how low-key the propaganda is. I mean, it's not low-key, but it can be both is what I'm saying. It doesn't just have to be a two-hour-long recruitment video for the armed forces. That's that's what Top Gun was. This, yes. This one, I think, I think a lot of people would look at that mission that they have to do and go, fuck, no, no, thank you. It'll be interesting to see the numbers this time. To see time. if you get a spike in enrollment and in, enlistment, enlistment and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that should be, that would be interesting to Because see. that's one of the takes is that like you know america is facing all these existential threats right now from abroad and our military's under attack and we need to make sure we have a strong armed forces and this is gonna this is gonna help with that most of the threats are from inside well that's it because yeah the the house is burning down again not funny no but but (laughs) just to keep from crying yes see the movie Uh, if you haven't what are you doing listening to this because we just spoiled it all for you yeah, and we warned you. And we did warn you, so you were warned. But go see it again. We won't we won't ruin the end. No. Because you know, the end is even more satisfying than I thought it was going to be. It was fantastic. Well and I mean the resolution between Rooster yeah. and Tom and yeah. or Tom Cruise, fucking Rooster and Maverick. Yeah. Like there's so much there. It it is it's great. Yeah. It's great. And it's long, but I don't know, from my perspective, I wouldn't have made it any shorter. Like, no, I, no, no. I, no. I, I, I no. think I think it's an excellent example of a particular style of filmmaking, and it executes it very, very well. And I think we needed this. Yeah. We needed this movie. We needed this movie. I mean, if we're going to go back in time and make everything like the past, why can't we go back to 1986 again? <laughs> <laughs> right? Period. Stranger Things, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Let's just... Let's just go into the 1980s Matrix and just live there for a little while. Escape the fucking realities of the 2020s. <laughs> it's a good place to end it. I think so. Let us know what you thought about the movie. Please do, guys. Send us a message, a DM, email. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.